Good morning again. It's a Snake River Lib podcast. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, we're going to take care of a few quick housekeeping items until we, uh, so that we can dive into the main event. Um, first, I want to talk about just a little bit about uh, Michael Flynn, uh, the uh, short-timed uh, national security advisor for President Trump at the very beginning of his administration. I think he was in there for, what, a week or two or something like that. Um, of course, uh, much has come out. Uh, his uh, lawyer has um, uh, asked the court to um, uh, pull back from his uh, plea bargain. Uh, he no longer wants to plead guilty. Um, the Department of Justice, after having reviewed documents that have been declassified by the intelligence agencies, has uh, concurred that there is no uh, nothing there. And the Department of Justice has asked the judge to to drop the chart to uh, drop the charges to um, dismiss the case. The judge is not doing that. Uh, the judges asked for third parties. Remember, this is a criminal case, uh, not a civil case. Criminal case, the uh, usually, you certainly, you don't have third parties uh, invited in to help prosecute the case when the prosecutor uh, who has resigned, um, the actual prosecutor of the case has resigned. Um but a judge who is supposed to be the empire referee, assuring you know who's there to make sure that the trial against the accused is a fair trial. Um, the system for Michael Flynn has ceased to be adversarial. He wants out. The Department of Justice wants him out. There's nobody standing against him, and so the judge uh, has asked one of his uh, peers to come in and essentially do the prosecution that the Department of Justice is refusing to do. And so this is a very odd situation. Uh, so just review the case just very, very briefly for Michael Flynn. So Michael Flynn, as the incoming National Security Advisor, had been listening in or had been talking to the then Russian ambassador about sanctions and other things. And this is a, entirely appropriate to do. Um, of course, the CIA uh, was spying, uh, listening in on the ambassador's phone call. And it was revealed to many people that Michael Flynn was talking to him. And they were worried, in fact, that President Obama was aware of this, by the way. This is all before the inauguration, um, during the transition. But after the election, and that's key, um, entirely appropriate for General Flynn to be doing that. Um, director Comey, then the director of the FBI, uh, plants little seeds of doubt. He sends in his people. Uh, they had concluded, by the way, the FBI had concluded that there was no case against Flynn. And they were about to close the case when people like Comey, McCabe, and Strzok, by the way, all of them have been referred by the Department of Justice Inspector General to the FBI for investigation for lying. 
why they haven't been investigated and prosecuted, we don't know. But just, I wanted to throw that in there because it's important. Um, they decided to keep the case against uh, Flynn open, claiming some obscure law, the Logan Act, which has never been prosecuted in over 200 years of its existence. What was he going to be prosecuted for? The Logan Act is a private citizen reaching out to... Uh, uh, to foreign governments. But remember, Flynn was the incoming national security advisor. And so, completely appropriate once again. So, he's unmasked. Clear violation of his Fourth Amendment rights. Um, that's, that is never to happen. Clear violation. We're not even talking about FISA here because, you know, the... Uh, the spooks, the CIA and, and other intelligence agencies, those guys are listening in all the, all the time on, on people who are enemies and, or competitors and even friends, which we found out during the Bush W's administration, W43, uh, as well as the Obama administration, that they tend to even listen in on allies. No surprise there. And so no surprise, of course, that they're listening in on Russian ambassador's uh, conversation. However, leaking his name to um, people that were not in the loop to know, not that they didn't have the clearance to know it, but there was no reason. And here's why, because somebody leaked it to the Post, Washington Post, that is, the uh, Bezos, Jeff Bezos uh, newspaper of record, the Amazon paper. Um and that's still unknown exactly who it was, and, and which is odd because, well, and we may never know because 39 different people in the Obama administration had requested to know who it was. Some of them did know directly. Um, others um, actually had asked to know who, who that was that was talking to the Russian ambassador. So Comey after keeping this investigation open, Comey goes to the president and tells the president, or first Comey sends in uh, Strzok and another agent to interview Flynn. They're going to try to get him in a perjury trap, or rather, a, a, not necessarily perjury, because it's not actually under oath, but lying to a federal officer, trying to get rid of him. Uh, rumor is that Flynn knows where all the bodies are buried from the Obama administration, essentially where they were spying on the Trump campaign and uh, many other unfortunate events that uh, happens in Spyville, USA. Tragic, that is. That's the rumor. So they send in a couple people. Don't advise the White House counsel. Uh, Flynn asked if he needed an attorney. No, it's just a discussion. They talked to him. Now, here's the thing. The two that went in and talked to Flynn came out and said that he didn't appear to lie. The problem is, is we don't actually know what he said. All we know is that the original impression was that he didn't lie. Here I am seven minutes into this, and this is a housekeeping item. Um, but it's important, so we'll go on. We don't even know if Flynn lied or not, because the original uh, 302, which is the form that the FBI agents fill out whenever they talk to a person, 
and uh, when they're doing an interrogation. The original is missing. Peter Strzok, who was uh, one of the one of the agents that was out to get Trump, it's clear, you know, that's not a question of record. That's a fact. Um, doctored a new 302 to make it look like the agent's handwriting. But there's no deep state. He wrote up a new 302. The original is nowhere to be found. And he, so he wrote up a new one. So Comey shows up, tells Trump that Flynn lied to the FBI. So Trump fires Flynn for lying. Again, this is something that, you know, we only know this now because of Sidney Powell, who is Michael Flynn's new attorney, has worked night and day to get this out. Also, Richard Grinnell, who's a former uh, ambassador to Germany, he is now currently the, well, he has been the acting director of national intelligence, uh, soon uh, relinqu relinquishing that position if he has not already done so to John Radcliffe, who was just confirmed in the Senate to be the new director of national intelligence. Uh, Grinnell went and declassified a bunch of stuff gave it to FBI, gave it to uh, Sidney Powell. By the way, um, Brady Law, Brady Act regarding exculpatory, exculpatory information has to be given to defense attorneys. And this is where the FBI really screwed up again, which is no surprise. If DOJ, FBI, they knew that there was no collusion. And for all we know, Flynn never lied. But Comey went in and told Trump that Flynn lied. Trump fired, you know, lied, lied. Trump fired him. So we don't even actually know whether or not Flynn actually did lie. All we know is that Trump was hacked off because, because Comey, who Trump thought at the time was an honorable person, he's learned better since, of course, um, you know, Trump went along with it and said, well, if you think he needs to be fired, I'm going to fire him because he can't be trusted. And so he fired him. And that's where it all began. Of course, of course, we know that, that really before Trump was inaugurated, they knew that there was no Russian collusion. You know, people forget, but President Obama had said that in November of 2016, that there was no evidence of Russia manipulating the election. Interesting today in the news that uh, Democrats are worried uh, that that Trump will um, reject the results of the 2020 election. Funny, they project very well, don't they? Because they have as yet to accept the results of the 2016 election. And that includes somebody uh, who has did not concede in the 2018 uh, Georgia gubernatorial race, Stacey Abrams, who is one of the strong candidates for the vice presidency for Joe Biden. I was going to wax philosophical, but I'm not going to because I don't have time. It's really, really critical to understand this because Hillary was supposed to win 
nobody was supposed to find any of this stuff out. It was all going to be shoveled under the rug. And we would have all moved on. Except for that the American people did not vote for, until this year, what I thought was the worst candidate running the worst campaign. Which brings me to Vice President Biden, who today provided us a lovely gem, one of many gems that he has provided, when he essentially told blacks that if you, if you have to think about whether voting for Trump or Biden, you're not black. I saw this little clip on the, uh, I think it was CBS, I don't remember which news report. The TV was just kind of on. And they immediately followed this clip up with some lame apology by the campaign. You know, the fact that Biden is, they're trying to hide him as best as they can is just fascinating to me because we can take cues from how the campaign is going as to how a Biden presidency will look. Will look. It will be Biden hanging out in the Oval Office with his pen waiting to sign whatever somebody tells him to sign. It will be the people, his handlers, his cabinet, that will be controlling things. And look who he has selected. He has selected uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke, a former nominee or former uh, candidate for the Democratic nomination for Texas, uh, for president out of Texas, out of El Paso. If you remember, if you're struggling to remember his name, let me help you. He was the one that said that we're going to send the jackbooted thugs into your house and take your guns. And that's what policy Biden said he's going to put him over. Is go in and take your guns. Think about this. If you remember the Waco incident back in, 20, in uh, 1993, Many of people think that it was the Waco incident that led to the uh, Oklahoma City bombing in 95. It was the same date, but I digress. When um, people were trying to practice their own religion, were minding their own business, they had been checked on regularly by protective services of the state of Texas. However, Janet Reno, uh, Bill Clinton's... Um, Attorney General had decided that she was going to go in and teach them a lesson. And so she did. They ended up blowing up the compound and killing nearly everybody there. So just think about that uh, when you think about, because that's what Beto wants to do. Beto, I said Beto, I guess, that uh, Robert Francis wants to do. That's, that's the how far he's willing to go. Uh, let's pick another one, shall we? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, Biden has said that he's going to have her be in charge of environmental policy. No planes in 10 years. 
We're going to rebuild every house so that it's energy efficient. No cars. Good luck, people. No oil or gas. You know, the Germans went that way. They went they went to get rid of their fossil fuel burning. And you know what they ended up doing? They ended up deforesting acres and acres of land because they ended up having to burn wood in their houses. Do you have a lot of trees in your yard? And then there's the vice presidency pick. I mentioned Stacey Abrams. You know, another name is uh, Amy Klobuchar. She's actually kind of leaked back uh, when she was uh, talking about how she got out of the race to help Biden, that she was the one that was going to be it. Who knows? I mean, I never thought that, that you know, after, after everybody was out except for Biden and Crazy Bernie, that the that we'd ever see the intersectional relay back at it, at least not until 2024, but here we are back again. And I guess I'm just going to take a few minutes and talk about that, and we'll close it up with that. I'll never forget Elizabeth Warren when she was still in the race talking about how she was going to appoint a nine-year-old transgendered child to be over the Department of Education. Now, of course, I'm I'm reasonably certain that she didn't mean it. But, you know, with these people, you can't tell. Because to them, and this is why the intersectional relay is so important, quality is second to how many boxes you check. Biden, right off the bat, has eliminated slightly less than half of the American population by saying that he is going to select a woman as vice president. By me saying that, does that mean that I think that there is no woman that's more than capable, that is completely capable of being vice president? Of course they are. That's ridiculous. Many, many women are more than capable of that. But when you're looking for the best that you can get, especially somebody whose mind is already gone, like Biden, when you got somebody like that, the vice presidential pick is kind of important, and you really don't want to skimp on quality because you want to make sure you check boxes. And Biden is stuck in a corner now where he has eliminated, you know, about 49 point something percent of the American population. Stacey Abrams, the the uh, shadow governor of Georgia, because she never conceded losing in, in one of the highest turnout uh, gubernatorial elections ever, uh, claiming voter suppression in a very high turnout race. Um, she said that unless it's a woman of color, it's doesn't even matter. And so now, not only are you eliminating males, but now you're eliminating 
females that are white. So you're really getting down to a very, very small percentage of the population. And while, again, I will repeat what I said before, I'm sure that there are plenty of women of color that are more than capable of running this country. I would also say that you're really limiting your choices. And are you going to get the best? Or are you just getting somebody that checks the right amount of boxes? Does this woman of color need to be a member of the LGBTQ community? Do they even still include the L anymore? Um, you know, some of uh, I read about this term TERFs, um, trans exclusionary radical feminists. I think that's what it stands for. Um, where where they uh, they're the ones that that think that perhaps trans women, you know, Mart Martina Navratilova uh, was one who argued that. Obviously, trans women should not be competing in female sports, and there's many others that have done the same. Very interesting South Park on that, by the way. Um, you know, how narrow of a focus, and at what point do you start to say, we don't have somebody that can tomorrow run the country with complete competence. Not that it's being run with 100% competence now. I'm not saying that. But if you're trying to set a contrast between Biden and Trump, you know, you look who's behind Trump, Mike Pence. Now, if you're, if you're somebody on, on the Democrat side, then, of course, you're looking at Pence as a mouth-breathing mouth breathing Neanderthal that uh, has a real hang-up because he's a Christian. And not only that, but he's pro-life, and I'll check all those boxes. But one thing you cannot say about Pence, I mean, Pence has what they termed back in 2000, gravitas. And it is so critical that whoever is the vice presidential nominee for Biden, that they have that kind of gravitas as well. That the American people, because who knows, with Biden, I mean, we don't even know if he's going to make it to the election. I mean, he can't, you know, his campaign is not doing him any favors, hiding him away. In the basement, his audio and video quality are terrible. I mean, I don't do video. This is just a, some stupid podcast on a cheap phone, microphone, into a computer. But I'm not running for president of the United States with millions and millions of dollars to have a world-class production. Like somebody is, like Biden is. Who's the real candidate? 
because they're not going to take Biden off the ticket. I thought for sure that they were going to do that, but I'm not sure they are now. They're just hoping that it means that he stays alive until the election. And that he stays uh, able to somehow focus. So I haven't even talked about his, his, well, I did mention his one comment about blacks. But he's, you know, he's also said this, he's also said just in the recent past, you know, about how, how, you know, poor kids are as smart as white kids. How condescending is that? How the black vote is locked down for him. Talk about racist. I've always said that. What is more racist? Me saying... You know, equal opportunity. Or somebody saying, taking affirmative action to its extreme and saying, you're too stupid to do it by yourself, so I'm going to give you a hand. Because that's what affirmative action is. And there was a time it was necessary. Okay, so when affirmative action started out, I'm not going to argue whether or not it was necessary. Because there was blatant discrimination. They were still fighting pockets of Jim Crow. Okay? And there may still be those pockets today. But to say that we're in the same world as when Eisenhower had to call out the 101st Airborne so that a little girl could go to school, to high school, in Arkansas, we're not in that world. And it's about time the civil rights activists acknowledge that. They bring it on themselves. They perpetuate it because they are only relevant so long as people fear. Sorry about that. It's the Snake River Lib. Good morning. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Remember, as you are cooking out, remember that this weekend we honor those who paid the ultimate price. Veterans Day is in November, honor the, honoring those who served. But this weekend, we honor those who paid the ultimate price so that you and I can be free to talk and to worship. And we'll get to that philosophical discussion. Remember, money taken from someone to give to somebody else is theft. It's the Snake River Lib. Good morning.